did another Ravens offensive weapon just step forward for FFPC players. What are the ripple effect, uh, effects from Jamar Chase being out until potentially December? And did one rookie tight end just make his case for a week eight start? Plus the eighth place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, Chris Lajawa, joins us to talk about the importance of locking up the Browns backfield during draft season, when the right time is to start J.D. McKissick, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Damn the pressure. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob, and greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics, all the Farrelliacs tuning in this evening. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course... You are slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, one Farrell Elliott. Hey, a reminder, uh, play the FFPC Weekly Challenge if you have not done it. We might be um, <clears throat> we might be starting to put together a segment on this show every week to, to um, give you the commission's input, my input on what the premium optimal lineup is for the FFPC Weekly Challenge. Why would we do this? Well... Because you can win a 2023 FFPC main event entry if you play in the $200 uh, 10-team league uh, where you're going to get a free entry in the next year's main event where you can win a million bucks. And, of course, if you don't want to play for that much, that's cool. You have a $35 entry um, or you can do a $200 entry in the 30 or 100-team um, contest with classic or slim formats. You want to play with the um, uh, kickers and defenses you can. You want to play without the kickers and defenses you can as well. Um, but that's the biggest thing right now. Check that out, myffpc.com. In case you missed it on Tuesday night, watch the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown right here on this uh, channel. Uh, for myself and Jared Hines, a guy who is in contention for a $500,000 Football Guys Players Championship grand prize this year, dude who's won several FFPC Football Guys and FFPC Dynasty League titles over the years. Uh, we chopped it up pretty good on Tuesday night. You can check that out here or rotaviz.com slash podcast. And remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified. Obviously, the better uh, you guys do on that end, the better the content will be. And the more content we can put out on the FFPC YouTube channel. Without further ado, let's bring in the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, one Jay Farrell. Elliot Farrell, good Friday evening to you. And I guess the question that everybody's wondering right now, is Devontae Adams going to play on Sunday? That's the biggest thing we want to know. Oh, Balky, I did not know that there was a mystery about this. Bring me up to date on Devontae's situation. He missed practice um, this week, Wednesday and Thursday. I got I got to look to see if he practiced today. But he has been dealing with a mystery non-COVID, at least everything I've been told, non-COVID illness, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and I would assume it's the flu. I mean, we're getting to that time of year where the – Seasons are changing, the temperature's changing, the climate, well, maybe right. not the climate, but but everything's changing or whatever right now. So Devontae Adams did not practice on, on Wednesday and Thursday. He is officially, with the illness, listed as questionable. 
Uh, Tom Palacero from the NFL Network says he's dealing with a, quote, bad flu, which, I mean, you and I could press. Worst kind. It is the worst kind. You and I could press uh, through that. But Mm -hmm. playing Sunday NFL football, I don't know. How concerned are you with Devontae Adams right now, man? I'm I'm very concerned because I don't want to repeat of the Keenan Allen from this past oh. week. I would rather you either play and 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 understand that you're going to play well and then show up and and be basically a decoy. Um, Devontae Adams is such a wonderful player. If he's on the field, you must play him. You, we say that about a lot of guys, but. We have to play him. Um, there are so many injuries and, and bye weeks. Some stud players, the only two teams on bye this week, stud players, uh, however, from the Chiefs and, and the Chargers won't be with us. There's there's a lot to it. So, yeah, there's a lot to weigh into that. Uh, anyone who was wise enough to pick up Matt Collins, and I take it Waller is coming back this weekend? Sounds like it, yes. Okay. So, you know, and I, and I still like the Raiders, uh, even without their, you know, for one week, it's uh, Johnny Allstaff picks up, uh, picks up the responsibility and goes forward with it. Um, Devontae Adams, um, it, it sounds like um, he is going to be good to go. And okay. bear in mind this, too, if you're on the fence with him and like, oh, you want to play it safe or whatever, that the Adams game, the New Orleans and Las Vegas game, is indeed a noon game, which you don't always get with those West Coast teams, but you get it this week. And keep this in mind, too. No Marshawn Lattimore, again, no. for New Orleans this week. That could be huge for well, Devontae Adams. Somebody, you know, the training staff needs to get him a little bit of that Robitussin. That Robitussin will take care of everything and get him ready. A little Tussin. <laughs> Tussin's going to have a little, in a situation like this. Listen. If it, if, it, if it works for Lil Wayne rec- recreationally, mm-hmm. it's going to work for Devontae Adams medically. So I'm, yeah, I'm down with that, do. with that for sure. Um, right off the right off the um, um, the start of the show tonight, Hudson Kern Reeve, the resident Ivy League professor of the FFPC and the HSF at Bauer, wants to know for tight ends this week, if you had to make a choice, Darren Waller against said Saints, or would you go with Tyler Higbee who is at home against the San Francisco 49ers, Farrell Elliott. I love Hudson so much. I mean, you just show up at the dance with your date, and he's already asking her to, you know, for the first dance. You got to love that. Jump right in there. Okay, Waller or Higby? Higby seems to do well, and this was noted in one of the blurbs along uh, the, the the very beneficial FFPC um, uh, chat area there that um, he does well when he plays against the top competition, especially when – uh, the corners are playing against good cover corners. Uh, the quarterback is quick to to check down and move through his progressions and find Higby. So I would think this is a Higby game coming up with what we're dealing here. I don't believe it or not, uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve, the uh, over-under on um, uh, our, our beloved uh, Raider quarterback car was uh, 4,450 yards, somewhere in that neighborhood this year. And he's not on a pace to get it, largely because Josh Jacobs is having an unprecedented season for not only Josh Jacobs, but other NFL running backs. This is one of the better years, and I expect him to run through and all over the Saints this weekend. So I am going to Higby. Yeah, it's tough for me to to, – listen, 
if the resident Raiders fan is going with Higby, who am I to say it's Darren Waller this week? I can't do it. Um, I have Kelsey in a few leagues uh, this week, Farrell. Guess who my backup is? Tyler Higby. So it's really difficult for me Good to say, you, yeah, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Waller over Higby. No, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Higby for me. Um, another situation, <clears throat> and we'll get into to more of this later on with our guest who's coming up in in just a little bit, Chris uh, Lajawa. Um, Chuba Hubbard, uh-huh. ankle problem. He's already been ruled out uh, for the Falcons. Uh, this according to Adam Schefter, he did not practice all week. This is an injury he got against Tampa Bay this uh, this past week. Um, and we saw Foreman and who, uh, Hubbard both had pretty good games in, in week mm. seven. And now you know that Hubbard will not be a part of that. Um, you look at Carolina this week against Atlanta. Falcons defense is giving up the fifth highest expected points added per rush this season. Last week, 118 yards on just 15 carries against that bonded Tampa Bay rush defense, which didn't look so great last night against Baltimore, but only four running backs last week had more rush yards after contact per attempt than Deontay Foreman. Farrell, if you have this guy, this is the best possible news that you could get that Hubbard is out. You got to fire up Foreman as your second running back, and you got to fire him up in either one of your flexes in the FFPC or your single yeah. flex in the KFFSC. Yeah, and it made me think of our friend Alex Elkins from back in the uh, middle of September who drafted him and drafted him rather highly, I think. And and, to, and, and I hope he had the patience to be rewarded here as we move into week eight. This is uh, – and you talk about patience. It's 2017 since Foreman's been really looking forward to having a break. You could say he had a break last year when he got to fill in for Henry – uh, and he did very, very well. Average 4.3 yards a carry. Uh, but he's he's carried the ball 250 times in a six-year career. And you would have thought that that things would have worked out better for him. And and this, you know, the, the Tennessee group that moved on to Atlanta brought him to Atlanta down there, and they jettisoned him, jettisoned him out of there. So it's got a little bit of a grudge match for him is returning. He's a second level runner, Balky. He was a guy that I remember at the combine. The scouts just love to talk about how his four, four, seven allowed him to run past uh, linebackers, run past defensive backs. If you can get this player to the second level, you've got chances for big, big plays. And that's what we all love uh, in the FFPC and fantasy football. Yes. Get this player in here. He is a, uh, you know, I, I suspect that they will put in a, an extra tight end, try to block that edge rusher and get this guy out. If you can get past that defensive line in any way, oh, baby, you're, you're sitting on some nice points. Now, you got to remember, he is playing for Carolina. And I don't know what the Carolina quarterback situation is. I think Baker Mayfield is still the number two quarterback on the team. I think it's going to be Walker this weekend. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of people were talking about – uh, Carolina beating Tampa and how they beat a quarterback that was a four-string quarterback. But I'll tell you something about P.J. Walker. He's competitive. He'll keep you in a game, and he's been, you know, all five foot eleven of him. I, he, he's a tough kid that played in the XFL, and he's earned his shots. Indianapolis caught him four times, so he's but he's back and he's playing. So he's got he's got guys that will compete around him and won't quit, and that's what you want. He's still playing for Carolina, but there's some guys that haven't played regularly that are trying to earn another year in the league that are on the field with Foreman. I like Foreman, and I like some of his teammates well enough 
to say you're going to get uh, people around him that will help him achieve fantasy numbers. Two things here um, from a non-fantasy standpoint. Number one, Deontay Foreman, a dude that I love coming out of college mm -hmm. and then tears his Achilles and you're like, ah, oh, his career's over. Yeah. He has been one of the first, first few guys <clears throat> that have really rebounded from a torn Achilles to come back to being not mm -hmm. only fantasy relevant, but a dude that you should probably be starting this week, especially with no Clyde Edwards, Lair, no Isaiah Pacheco, no Eckler this week, right? Uh, no Brees Hall either. Um, and then PJ Walker, Steve Wilkes, the interim coach for Carolina, already said um, this was early this week. He's like, regardless of what Sam Darnold's doing, regardless of what Baker Mayfield's doing, PJ Walker is our starting quarterback. Now, Walker upset the Buccaneers last week, which maybe after last night is not looking like much of an upset anymore. I was hanging my hat on the Packers beating the Buccaneers earlier this season. Maybe that's not such a hat hanger game anymore. But Walker threw for 177 yards, two touchdowns, did not turn the ball over, and obviously made leaps and bounds improvements from week six to week seven. Not saying you should start P.J. Walker. I'm just rooting for the guy. I'm yeah. rooting for Foreman as well. And 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 we will see what happens um, in that Carolina game. Obviously, um, with them beating Tampa, they're riding a euphoric rise, as is the Baltimore Ravens, who went down to Florida last night, got the big win, and part of that reason was Isaiah Likely. He gets no. seven targets in the game. Mark Andrews goes down. He gets seven targets in the game, and six of them become uh, catches. He goes for 77 yards and a touchdown. Mark Andrews out with a shoulder injury. According to John Harbaugh, it's not serious, so you could probably start Harbaugh or don't start Harbaugh next week. You can probably start <laughs> Andrews next week. Um, <clears throat> but I, I look at this from, from, from the standpoint of Isaiah Likely. Farrell, you remember when we were talking about him in August, and, and he was climbing, climbing, climbing up draft yeah. boards, and everybody was very excited about him from an FFPC standpoint. Now that he had this big game, and again, the large majority of it was without Andrews. Let's assume Andrews is ready to go the following week in week nine. What do you do with likely in an FFPC tight end premium format? Does he sneak in as a flex or does Andrews soak up so many targets that you can't really count on likely, even though he put up this great performance on the road on Thursday? No, we could almost have a whole show over this with Balky, so I'll try to be brief. Uh, Isaiah likely is a new type of tight end. You, if you look around college football, you'll see a lot of players like this. The scouting has started re referring to them as U or F tight style mm -hmm. tight ends. Uh, they used to recall them move tight ends, but that doesn't quite necessarily fit a guy who is about six foot four, 230 to 240, which is right where likely is. Now he's, you love the athlete. You question does he have the catching skills to play in the position? But he's very, very, he's very, very move talented. You mm -hmm. saw that along the back of the of the end zone when he made the touchdown catch. Um, so he is so different than Andrews as a tight end that it's hard to call them both a tight end. If you'll remember the game last night at halftime, the old quarterback Fitzpatrick said what they need to do is go to three tight ends. And that's what they did. Oliver and Boyle uh, were on the field most of the time that that um, likely was having success. So I'll wrap this up by telling you that I, I think likely can do a lot of things. I think he has the skill set 
to be a complete player, but he does not have the body. He's willing to engage on blocking, but he, he can't he can't block like this team wants him to block. So if Andrews is on the field, likely unless he comes in lined up as a slot receiver, and then he's not the same player. You know, when he when he's in the slot re- receiving position, he has the similar skill set to a lot of slot receivers. So you lose your advantage with him there. Uh, I guess long story short, from a fantasy perspective, if you've got this player on your team and Andrews doesn't play, yes, you should probably start him. If Andrews does play, you shouldn't. But if, if this player is a free agent in your league, let somebody else spend the big, big bucks to get him on your roster because it was a special situation last night playing against a defense with four of their starters missing. And when he had his success, he was having it against a defense that was gassed, playing almost twice the snaps of what the, uh, of, of what the Baltimore defense was. To reiterate, Farrell, what you're saying, and I think I agree with you here, do not – break the bank for him this week Mm -hmm. because he is not the type of for running backs we're always looking for the guy behind the guy not necessarily even in such a fantasy rich situation like the Baltimore Ravens tight end situation you don't want to break the bank to try to get likely on your team because he likely would put up a lot of points if Andrews misses right (laughs) like this is not the type of guy you want to go all in on the waiver wire even in the football guys players championship even in the FFPC main event there are two different players playing what is called the same position. And one of them's got to be off the field for the other one to be just successful because it will be completely played differently. Now, I will say this. If you want to go into drafting next year and you like the idea of these athletic speed tight ends, go ahead and draft them because if they're on the field, they're going to be used. It's like we know that they'll throw to Kelsey. We'll know that they throw to Andrews. We talked about how they often use Higby more than than not. But there's some teams where you run your tight end out and you don't get many targets. If if an offense is committed to play this kind of tight end, go ahead and draft him because he's going to be a big, big part of the passing pattern. We have uh, Chris Lajawa, the uh, uh, eighth-place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship coming up. And I know we're late on this, but this is very – and we'll keep Chris on a little bit later for anybody who wants to pick his brain. Two important things to get to before we get to Chris. Number one, Jordan Renan was the first to report that Kadarius Toney, his trade to the Kansas City Chiefs this week, came after the the, uh, brass with the Giants met with Toney about his hamstring. Now, I made this this point uh, on my terrestrial radio show this past week, Farrell. I was not convinced that this was a significant hamstring injury for Tony. I thought that there might be a disconnect between the new front office, the new coaching staff that's there, and the one uh, and Tony because he was not drafted by by that that staff that was in there. And now Tony went out on Twitter after the trade. He said, "My hamstrings are good. I'm ready to play." And the Giants, it seemingly the Giants wanted to hold him back. Now, the Giants have a bye in week nine. The Chiefs have a bye this week. So you're obviously not playing Kadarius Tony this week. But the, the question remains, Farrell, what does the Tony trade do for Kansas, like for him in Kansas City? What does that do for him as a player? Also, what does it do for a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, who really was ascending as the go-to guy in Kansas City? Now, I know that you know coming off you know his first game coming up with, with Tony, with, with the Chiefs, yeah, you maybe don't want to play him. But what about the rest of the way? Is Tony the guy that could be, I don't want to say league winner, but a significant guy that's going to contribute to fantasy success down the stretch? 
Yes, he's going to contribute to this team immediately. And and Balky, looking back just just very quickly, we've talked all off season long about how a complete team includes the training staff. And, yes, you know the training staff and this player uh, are sideways. And and perhaps there was a second opinion involved, which is players' rights through the CBA to get a second opinion about their hamstrings. Uh, who knows? But they couldn't get on the same page. Now he goes to a, a place where he is going to be one of many stars. And I think it's going to uh, allow Juju Smith-Schuster more room underneath. Mm. It may have an effect on how they use Marquez Valdez-Scantling, although they're not going to, that player's not going to revert to the bench. Tony is the player that reminded me in college more of Tyreek Hill than any other player. It's hard to be like Tyreek Hill, but Tony was close. And I think uh, they've reached out and acquired a player to fill another position of not necessarily need, but a position of what they desire their football team to look like. The happiest man in all of football has to be Mahomes, the quarterback. Yeah, gets another weapon. Gets another weapon for sure. Um, the last point I want to bring up before we bring in Chris Lajawa, um, it, we kind of this is on me. We're bearing the lead here. Jamar Chase, we found out this afternoon, mm. could be sidelined from four to six weeks. We found out tonight. He's not going to be placed on injured reserve, which is good because that means that Cincinnati might believe that he could come back in maybe two or three weeks from this uh, hip injury. Now, this was our report that we got earlier on uh, today that that the hip was sore. Now we find out that um, it's more than sore, that this is going to put him um, out of commission for the next several weeks. So the question here is not, hey, do I play T. Higgins? Yes, you're playing T. Higgins in every league you can. The question here, Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Does this guy, Farrell, for you become a must start regardless of matchup going forward, given what we've seen from him when Jamar Chase has been healthy, given what we saw from him before Jamar Chase was a Bengal, and given what we know that Chase is not going to be on the field for the Cincinnati Bengals in the near future? Yes, sir. And given what we saw last week. Because, you know, and and I couldn't pull the trigger on him in some leagues. And, oh, boy, it was instant regret for (laughs) for not doing so. Um, Yes, the Cincinnati Bengals moved to the entire roster uh, to try to make up for not having Chase there. Boyd is a more than solid wide receiver who can get open. He's been – in this offense, he's been seeding opportunities to to, – Equally talented but faster wide receivers, he now becomes a focal point of this offense. You can count on Hayden Hurst doing more. You can count on Mixon continuing to do a great deal of things in the passing game, just like he did this past week at Atlanta. You're going to see some IGP Ryan come off the bench. What you're not going to see is, you know, there's little depth and development at the wide receiver position. There are guys, Mike Thomas is the most interesting to me, player that played at Southern Mississippi that I was a fan of and, and uh, coming out of college, but they're, they're almost forgettable players and all of them are slower in their time speed than Boyd and don't have the, the uh, don't have the route skills and the hand skills. Uh, the, the passing game is going to look different, but it is going to still be successful because you have a quarterback and you have players there to make it. So. I was bringing this question up with um, uh, Adam Krautwurst, who uh, noted KFFSC player, obviously. And um, Buffalo Bills. And, uh, uh, yeah, and, and here's the thing, Farrell. And I, I had him, he was my co-host on the Better Sports Network a High Stakes Fantasy Football Show this week. I didn't even mm-hmm. realize when, when I booked him, I was like, man, this is leading up to 
Bills Packers in Orchard Park on Sunday night. I got the Bills fan. I'm the Packers fan. I've been notorious on all airwaves this week. I think the Packers are going to pull off a stunning upset on Sunday night. I'm very thrilled for it. But mm -hmm. but I was talking with Krautwurst about this, and I told him one of the best fantasy feelings in the world is having guys on by right in, mm -hmm. in this past week in week seven and forced to start Tyler Boyd. Oh, yeah, receivers. I, I got to play Boyd. Hopefully it happens. And tuning into red zone eight minutes into the red zone package. Hey, we got a highlight from the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler Boyd, a 245-yard touchdown catch. <laughs> he's great. still and running. Like, and he's still running. And it was like my weekend was made. It was so awesome. I, I, I was What so a great excited. start. Crowders will tell you with the loss of Chase that Cincinnati's uh Cincinnati's threat to uh an AFC crown, which doesn't exist anyway because of the Bills is uh you know perilous now you you mentioned that krautworth was a co-host not a guest no he's a co-host co i thought I, I was i thought i was the only co i've got to get back to my agent because there's there's some things going on here that i'm just not completely comfortable with we'll take that up after the show Farrell, we are gonna get don't worry you will be co-hosting several shows with me on the high stakes fantasy football show on wednesday nights only on the better sports Network. you gotta catch me first it's no. gonna happen i'm gonna catch you I'm going to I'm going to throw the lasso. I'm going to reel you in where it's going to happen. I'm, we're going to do a Wednesday night, two hour show. We're going to do a Friday night, one hour show. It's going to be fun. I'm glad you brought up Boyd and I don't want to leave our guests waiting anymore. But I, I just got, you know, out of the KFFSC, you know, we don't have the chat. We have the slow mail. And I finally received an email for the West Coast. James Bednar. Is oh, yeah. Trying to affect a trade with you. Uh, he's he's trying to give you Boyd for Marquis Hollywood Brown. And Boyd, when he gives you Boyd, you will have a, a full lineup of Cincinnati uh, wide receivers. Right. And, and you, you should take the deal, right. is what Bednar is saying. And I will point out that Bednar is a Marine, you know, and you, you ought to listen to him. So he's telling you to take so, the deal. I'm coming so in with him. I didn't realize. I remember the trade offer. I didn't realize that was James Bednar sending it to me. And he he said he sent me literally like the, the deal, and it said, can I interest you in the entire Cincinnati uh, receiving court? Because I already have Higgins and Chase on that team. And my receivers are really loaded. I turned him down because I feel like I'm strong enough to weather the Marquise Brown storm, the Jamar Chase storm, because I still have guys like Cortland Sutton and Christian Kirk and, and Devontae Adams on that team. So I think I'm good. You don't but, have to legitimize it to me. But, I, I know yeah. I don't have to. But okay. but now that you bring this up, now that I know it's James Bednar, I should have known this from the start. I may have to reevaluate because you he have a, to, you know, he's Bednar a super, offers you a deal. It's a pretty good deal. It's it might be a pretty good deal because he's a good fantasy player, as is tonight's guest, ladies and Let's gentlemen. Get him in here. The most patient man in the high stakes fantasy football hour business. He started playing fantasy football just in 2018. Okay. And he tried it out. He was asked, Hey, you gotta try this out. You gotta try this out. Mm -hmm. nah, I'm not interested. Yeah. Finally decided to play in 2018. And now he says. He can't get enough of it. In fact, in uh, 2012, you go all the way back to 2012, he won a national championship, uh, a grand prize that paid him over $50,000. He only had three teams in the, it, as far as a skin in the game back then. Now he is an exclusively high-stakes player. He has set his sights on a $500,000 grand prize in the Football Guys Players Championship. Remember, heading into this week, out of almost 15,000 teams, he is in eighth place overall. Please welcome into the show, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Lajawa. Chris, welcome into the show, man. Thank you so much. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you on. So, so the the so now 
take me through the the timeline here. You're exclusively a, a high stakes player now. 2018 is when you started, but you won the 50 grand back in 2012. Do I have my facts right here? Yeah, I actually, uh, when I sent you the email, so 2018, it wasn't accurate. 2005 is when I started playing fantasy. So I was Okay, all right. I got you. So, 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 Chris, take me through this because anytime you win a national contest, four figures, five figures, six, well, especially five and six figures, that's awesome. 2012, take me back through that, what it was like winning that 50 grand. Oh, it was just, uh, it was incredible. Um, it was, I actually won by 0.3. So oh. it was, a, it was, a, I mean, just, it, it, it was the nail biter of all nail biters. And I'll tell you that the, the last game I had all my players go and I kept swapping out my defense back and forth and I played the wrong defense. It cost me 13 points. And the guy that was chasing me, the only one guy could have caught me. He had um, Marshawn Lynch going on Monday night. And all he needed was three and a half points uh, from Marshawn Lynch. And obviously back then, Marshawn Lynch was beast mode. So right. I was kicking myself. I was very angry. I said, you know, 16 points I could have. I could have. I thought I had a legit shot with that because they were playing the 49ers. Um, but three points. I was like, there's no way. And the Niners came out, stuffed them on every play, and they just started blowing them out on the game, and they sat Lynch to basically the second half because the game was a blowout. And I just – I was in shock. <laughs> I watched a post-game interview with Marshawn Lynch involved here recently, and Marshawn's still going. It was, it was fantastic with uh, – a variety of profanities that you don't ordinarily uh, hear, and, and uh, but be that as it may, congratulations! Yeah, uh, fantastic. So this was Monday night when Lynch did this, right? Or didn't? Yeah, correct. I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, so what did you do that Monday night to celebrate when you knew you won the fifty k? Well, I was actually I was actually upset because I didn't think I was going to win it. Right. So what? So I left that uh, that night. My parents owned a bar. Or it might have been a Sunday night game. I, I can't remember. It was either Sunday night or Monday night. It was the last right. game of the year. So I think maybe it was Sunday night. Um, but anyways, my parents owned a bar for 30 years. So I had to get out of the house. I went there just to, you know, have a few cocktails to, um, you know, drink my sorrows down because I just thought I was I, – I blew this by playing the wrong defense. And uh, sure enough, it, it just uh, – it came in. So, Chris, so, when, when did you did you find out that night uh, about Lynch's shortcomings in that game? Oh, I was watching the game. I just couldn't believe what I was watching that he he couldn't even get past the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, I actually have a chance here. And he had like he, he had like two he had like one catch and like ten yards rushing. So I mean, he was right like one more catch and I would have lost. Just like I mean, the Patriots, you were just yeah. like the Patriots. So it was just amazing, but hey, win by fifty, win by point three. It's yeah. a, it's a win, right? It's a win. A win is a win is a win. Um, so awesome! Congratulations on that five figure grand prize. I know you're chasing a six figure grand prize this year. When you're not doing that, Chris, can you tell us what you're doing for a living uh, down in Illinois? I'm in Wisconsin, so I say down in Illinois because it is south of me. Uh, so what are you doing in Illinois now to uh, pass the time when you're not crushing all these fantasy leagues? Uh, I'm an electrician, so I, I'm an electrician for the biggest airline. 
in the world. And, uh, okay. So I, I'm currently there <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at work right now on a break. God, oh, oh, really? I didn't realize that. Well, good yeah, for you. Thank I'm, you I'm for at, joining us then. Yeah, I'm actually out in an hour, but my partner's my partner's cool. He's like, no, man, you go, you got to go take care of this. <laughs> He's like, you're a celebrity now, so. And Tell I us wanted, what I, city you uh, your celebrity is brewing from? Where where in Illinois? Where am I at? Yes, uh, just outside of Chicago. Oh, sweet home Chicago, very very sweet home Chicago. Yeah, you got you you got to love it. I'm gonna have to ask you some Chicago questions, but I want to start. You know. This past year in the, in the third round in the, in the FFPC, you drafted Nick Chubb in the third round, were immediately detained for thievery. Uh, you really stuck it <laughs> to him right there. Then um, later on, and this was a strategy I did with Ezekiel and Tony Pollard, later on you picked up Kareem Hunt. What were you thinking? It, it, this is yet, I suppose, based on Hunt's productivity this year, um, you're hoping that the trade deadline smiles very well on you. And it could, uh, I was hoping that both players uh, in Pollard and Ezekiel's case would, would play. Balky asked me this, why do you keep drafting Pollard? Do you think he's going to replace Ezekiel? No, but Pollard so far this year, 450 yards, two touchdowns. And I bring all that together to put it in your lap because what I did was I looked at it and I said, that could be a Chubb and Hunt thing. Um, are you glad you did it? What do you think is going to happen with it? And how are you utilizing it going forward? Uh, yeah, I'm very happy with it. Uh, well, my, my logic behind it was that the way I drafted is normally I wait for QBs and tight ends. So I wait unless it just falls in me or I go a different strategy. Um, certain players will fall to me. I'll, I'll jump on them and then kind of change it up because I kind of go every draft. I kind of see what's, fallen to me and then I kind of work from there but uh the logic behind that was with taking the QB and a tight end early like that um I knew I had a lot of sleeper uh receivers I, I just knew I could pick up a lot of receivers that I really like that I can get later in the rounds and I wanted to solidify one backfield when I had Chubb I said well let me get Hunt I know I have one running back for the entire year I mean Unless, uh, barring good point, you know, you know, terrible injuries for both yep. of them, but, um, and then obviously hunts of flex play most of the time. This year is a little off right now. I think it's because of that trade deadline. I think they're holding him out, see what they're going to get, so he doesn't get injured. Uh, if something falls through, I think he's going to be back on the field playing a little more. If not, he could be the number one somewhere else. So it kind of works out. It, it could be the perfect storm. Um, and then, you know, now I had a, a one backfield. Now I got two stud starters along with my, uh, number one QB, number one tight end, phenomenal receivers. I mean, this, you know, I kind of, the way I built this team was, you know, um, uh, I, I look at a receiver strong, even though, you know, running backs, you can always pick up and receivers, but. That was my logic. Yeah, it yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk, and we Farrell and I touched on this, Chris, at the top of the show with the Jamar Chase injury, but you took Tyler Boyd in the 10th round. Now, is he a must-start for you until Chase gets back, given how talented that Cincinnati offense is? 
Oh, 100%. You play, you have Boyd, you play him. Absolutely. It might have been different if we just started the year the way Burrow came out, but the way Burrow's Burrow again. He's he's back to he's back to being a lead again. He's not seeing ghosts and he's he's throwing that rock around. So absolutely. If you have Boyd, you play him. They are getting it together in Cincinnati. Uh they are trying to get it together in our nation's capital. I see in the 13th round you did something that I did a couple times. And I'm always trying to tell myself, don't draft last year's team, draft this year's team. And I'm right. I'm looking there and JD McKissick's on the board and I love this player. I always have. I think his contribution is great. I try to come up with scenarios of why I would draft him, and I did a couple of times. But for the most part, I skipped over his name. In a previous show, we we fantasized about the idea that he had accepted his Buffalo uh, free agency deal and how wonderful that would have been. Do you ever see – I know you can't cut him, but do you ever see a chance to start McKissick? What's it going to take? Just Is it an injury situation? Uh, that's funny you said that. I'm done with McKissick. I actually just, I just dropped him. Well, and and ah! that's and that's the thing. I would think about dropping him as soon as you drop him. They lose not one but maybe two running backs. As soon as you drop him, I, I might drop him once the rosters become frozen because I just someone else grabbed him and then started scoring points. It would drive me nuts. But uh, you know, I think the likelihood of that is limited. Who did you replace him with? Uh, I either got – I think I got Zabir White out for him. Well, that's Ooh, just – Okay. Except when you're going for two points. That's, <laughs> exactly. Well, there my is. logic behind that is uh, right now McKissick's not going to see my lineup the way everything shapes yep. up with the bye weeks and everything. So, I he's he's not a guy, regardless with an injury, that's going to take over the backfield. No. Um, you know, he's going to get you your PPR here and there, and he's going to have his crap games. And uh, – the position I'm in right now, I don't even want to. I don't even want to see him in my lineup to get me three points, like it's happened to me a few he, times. He is. He is <laughs> the equivalent. He's equivalent with Matt Breida, and uh, perhaps I can't think of it. Maybe Sony Michelle, as far as fantasy point production. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. you make a good point. Um, all right, so Chris, I. You know, we have we have high stakes players on here every week. I always like to look over not only how they drafted but what they're doing on their roster throughout the season as far as transactions and everything. And I got to admit, you have been one of the most active uh, players uh, as far as having a team in the top five, top 10 of any national tournament. You are averaging in your eighth place team right now about just over three transactions every week, which I think is pretty high for a team that's that's up that high in the standings because you think like, oh, my team is awesome. I don't need to make a whole lot of additions or subtractions to it. You are maybe expertly, some would say, micromanaging this team because you're keeping it up there. Mm -hmm. How much time are you spending every week, not only with this team, but your other FFPC teams and your other high stakes teams as well, trying to make sure that you are outworking everybody else on the waiver wire? Oh, I think it's very important. Uh, I mean, I, I do a lot of it. I try to get all of it done, um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, you know, all the way into Wednesday. So I'll, I'll go back and forth, back and forth. Um, but I'm trying to, I, uh, some of those moves, the reason why I make a lot of moves is I'll take a flyer on people. Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm hearing something or I'm seeing something, you know, they pass the eye test for me, I'll take a flyer on them 
and see how they react. And I'll give them a week or two. And if it's not panning out, I'll drop them, try find somebody else to do the same thing with. And I just hold it from there. Um, you know, like I, I think a perfect example is I picked up Taekwon uh, Thornton from New England. You know, um, you know, got him for a buck. I was big. I know you guys were talking big on uh, uh, Isaiah Likely earlier mm-hmm. um, when I was listening in. Um, he was one of my sleepers. Um, well, and he just didn't pan out. I really liked him. Um, but you can see that it, it just, I think Farrell touched on it, that with Andrews healthy, he's he's not going to get it. He's just, it ain't, it's not there. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a Gronk and Hernandez. It's just not going to happen. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, so I, I kind of went big on him in free agency. I still have him on some teams, dropped them, picked them back up. He's one of those guys, but it's, it's hard to, he, I would have played him this week. Like he was my sleeper this week. I just, uh, knew he'd come out and play a good game. And that was with Andrews playing. Um, that was my logic behind it, but he got hurt. So I couldn't tell you if that would have happened with now, Andrews in there. Now, but. now here's the thing, Chris, with, in regards to likely, let's say Andrews plays this following week, right? Obviously in week nine and likely has his typical, you know, 12 snaps, 15 snaps, one target, no catches, whatever. Now, at that point, is that the time that you spend little to no money on likely get them on your roster just in case something happens? Because if Andrews were to go out, if he were to get hurt again, you're not paying a whole lot. And if he was, if he gets hurt this following week or he's not getting the, the, the targets and the snaps, all of a sudden you have likely for very cheap and then you can deploy it. Is that the strategy that you'll be doing um, in the leagues that likely still remains a free agent after next week? Um, a lot of it all, all depends on how my roster is constructed. If I have plenty of tight ends or I have elite tight ends, um, with a good backup, um, I'm probably not reaching, uh, FFPC with a point and a half. I mean, that's uh, a big bonus there, but it's, it's, if I can get them on a cheap and I got room for them, absolutely. I would have them on my roster. If I don't have room for them, I, I, I just, you just can't hold on to somebody if you know just just because I mean not not in these stakes. I mean you can't give up a week or two or three weeks um, holding a player when you could be using another player. Mm-hmm. That'll cost you. You know you lose two weeks because you're holding a player when you could have picked up a Marquise Goodwin or you could have picked up somebody that's uh, going to help help you immediately. Um, that's a different story. So it's all on where you're standing. Well, I, I tell everyone that is playing fantasy football in the uh, FFPC where I play or in the, the KFFSC where I manage and, and which we refer to as the uh, most southern part of Chicago. That's how we refer to Louisville down here. So you true. Absolutely come true. On and, 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 and play. Just come a little further south. Okay, you know, you mentioned – Goodwin, let's turn to him a little bit. I imagine in the uh, FFPC Dynasty Leagues, when I picked up Goodwin this week to supplement uh, my DK Metcalf uh, play, that lots of guys chuckled about me adding a 31-year-old player. But I'll tell you what, when you – I encourage guys all the time, 
when they hear a coach say, well, this is going to be our go-to guy, or when you see a guy getting some play on Sunday, I go ahead and put him in the queue where I don't forget about it. Because if a, if a player is going to get a chance, let me get him on my roster and pay a couple bucks and see what he does. Don't, well, don't let him blow up and then go start chasing him with everybody else with big three-figure payments. So I love what you did. And, you know, Goodwin, I'd like to hear what, what role he's going to play in your lineup as you go forward. He's going to start for me this weekend. The guy's five foot nine. Um, I've always thought he's a better player than what he's had opportunities to play. The one year that he got to start at uh, every game when, uh, for the 49ers, he caught near 60 passes, didn't find the end zone much because they, they basically brought him off the field and put a bigger receiver on. But I think that he has never lost a step. This is one of the most, uh, one of the fastest players in the league. And even if he does lose a step, he's going to be faster than anybody else. I, you know, he had, he paid his, uh, he, he paid his dues playing for the bears when they couldn't get the ball to him. And uh, I think of him now, I, you know, I, I think with this quarterback, this coach, this situation, finally at 31 years old, this guy's getting an opportunity to do something. I, I actually agree hundred percent. Um, I definitely, you know, I picked him up on a bunch of teams. I was surprised a lot of guys, you know, I don't expect to get some of these guys and I end up getting a, you know, him on a lot more teams than I, I thought I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's a definitely uh, plug and play right now. Um, especially if uh, Metcalf's out, but um, you know, Seattle, I mean, it's biggest surprise to me, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, uh, they're just playing lights out. They get They're putting up points. Uh, uh, it's easy to throw on a Giants right now, so I, I, I mean, I see Goodwin having a good game. Um, if you got room for him, I, I actually don't have, um, I don't have room on my team this week to play him on that this yeah, eighth right. place team. I mean, I, I don't have room, so he's he's going to be sitting on my bench. But that's uh, you know, just because you'll of the keep, way my lineup constructed, you'll so keep someone complain. else from using him. That's true. That's absolutely right. true. And, and and I think, like, you know, one of the things that we need to understand as high-stakes owners, and Chris, you already know this, Farrell, obviously you know this as well, you know, you can never have too much depth. And the more depth you can add throughout the season, the better off you're going to be when – we got six teams on by next week, people. Six teams. I mean, like, you're going to have to figure stuff out. It's going to be – it's it's the buy again coming up. And to have a guy like Marquise Goodwin to have that depth maybe doesn't help you this week, but players like that – will help you going forward, at least while the bye weeks and the injuries are going on for sure. Um, you touched on this earlier, uh, Chris, another wide receiver, a young wide receiver, Tyquan Thornton. He's healthy. He's had one really good game for New England and one, eh, let's just say, not so good game for the Patriots. What type of game, Chris, do you think he has this Saturday, I uh, beg your pardon, this Sunday against the New York Jets? Uh, right now he's a tough one to gauge because he's been playing with both quarterbacks. So um... – um, more, more with, um, Zappy, but, uh, you know, with Matt coming in, I, I think he's, I th- he's going to score. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, I don't know, seven to 10 points for him. I mean, nothing crazy. I mean, maybe he'll throw out a touchdown. I, I maybe, but I want to see him play with Mac for a week or two, um, see the chemistry there. I know they're going to be feeding them. Um, 
They're going to be doing the gadget plays with him. They're going to jet sweep him. You know, he's going to be doing a lot of that. Uh, I think they're going to implement him into that offense, make it more explosive. Um, so I see him. He's another – that's a stash for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I see him panning out in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, you sure again, don't want to him this week. You, you sure don't uh, again, I don't have room for him. Um, if I ha- if I have to play him, I, I got no problem playing him. Um, put it that way. It, it, it's one of uh, another example like Tyler Boyd, like you mentioned. Well, yeah. you know, bye weeks, gotcha. I got this guy. I got to plug him this week. Well, you hope for the best, right? Maybe he'll get that twenty points like he did the first week he played. That that, um, that Jets defense, that Jets defense is coming at us like a bullet. You know. Uh, down in uh, Carolina, it, it's you can't what the old saying you can't tell the players without a scorecard. It's it's for for people like us that go deep into depth charts. There's still some surprises when you start reading it. And now, uh, Chuba Hubbard is unavailable, and I'm I'm wondering uh, because when I had to make this decision in free agency, which one, Foreman Hubbard? When I had to make the few times I made the decision in actually drafting one of the players, um, it, I was about 50-50. I like Foreman better, but we, we talked earlier in the show about it. He's he's had terrible, terrible luck. And Hubbard seems to be a player that everyone is very, very positive about. So where did you lie on it earlier and which one – Naturally, for this weekend, it's all Foreman. But where did you fall in evaluating those two players side by side? And and um, uh, were you happy with the result now that Foreman is going to get to play this weekend? Uh, well, let's put it uh, – I've had Foreman ahead. I still have Foreman ahead. But where I have Chubbard, because I couldn't get Foreman um, – you know, I'll root for Chubber and those. You're teams, happy but, about that too, you know? Yeah, okay. yeah. But if I if I have to pick one, it's definitely, in my opinion, it's Warman. I think uh, I think he's going to uh, he's going to pick a lot of teams up right now. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to help them out. A lot of people are scared there, but uh, he, he he's good. I, uh, he's going to catch some balls. He's going to he's going to run for a lot of yards. I think. Uh, People were overlooking them. Like you could have picked up, I, I picked up Chubbard or, or Dante Foreman in a bunch of leagues and for nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I did that when I when I started sniffing around that uh, McCaffrey trade. Um, you know, and then guys are going out bidding three four hundred dollars on them mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. after it happened. So yep. I mean, you got to be ahead of the game on some of this stuff. Got to anticipate. Um, have good fantasy football instincts. That's what's happening up there in Chicago. Yeah, um, you got you got to look ahead. You do have to look ahead. And and Chris, I I want to get. We got a couple of emails here for for you. And and one question from the chat room that I'm going to get to right away. Uh, it's from Hudson Kern Reeve, our resident Ivy League professor at Cornell University. Uh, he wants to know: Is James Robinson startable this week? James Robinson, who went from Jacksonville to the New York Jets facing the New England Patriots. I don't know what your James Robinson shares are like, but what are your thoughts on starting Robinson right away this week? Uh, if you have other running backs, I would I would go with your other running backs. Uh, so you don't like him? You do not like him as a start this week? 
I do not like him as a start this week. Yeah. I mean, I I think he gets you some points. I think he'll get his playing time. Uh, I think it could be something like a McCaffrey without the touchdown, yeah. um, you know, where he's going to get his maybe 10, 10 touches. But um, I just don't see him having a monster game or anything like that. Not, not this week, but I, I do like him going there. I think he's a, he's a, a play going forward. This week, I, I would have a hard time trusting him, but moving on, I would definitely play him. Yeah, I, I think moving on is, is where you definitely look at him. You got to look elsewhere in week eight. I, I think I'm with you. Hudson Kern Reeve is with you as well. Um, Drew in Scranton, PA. I'm not sure if he used to work at Dunder Mifflin. This is something I'll have to email him back on, but he wants to know hey, Chris, I have no Edwards Alaire or Eckler this week. How do you feel about Khalil Herbert as a flex in Dallas? Congrats on the success so far. That is Drew in Scranton, PA. Drew, thank you so much for the email and for listening or for watching. Um, Khalil Herbert, this Bears rushing attack, Chris. It looks awesome. What about Khalil Herbert as a flex against the Cowboys? Play him. I would play him. I actually like uh, Herbert this week more than Montgomery. Really? Uh, why is that? Yeah. Tell us why. Uh, it, right now, I'm just looking at it, and I'm just – just the eye test. I mean, obviously I'm in Chicago, so I'm watching all the bears games. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just watching this and Herbert's hitting the holes. He's just hitting them quick and he's going downhill. Um, I don't know. Montgomery's a little dancing around a little bit. He's just not, uh, he's got to find his mojo again. I don't know if something bother him. Um, I mean, he's getting a ton of, ton of touches, but I think, uh, I think that it's going to be closer to a 50-50 split this week. Um, so, in my opinion, I, right now I like Herbert better. Long run, I I would move back to Montgomery with a little easier matchups. Um, this is a tough matchup, so I would go there. Uh, this is a tough game. Um, I With the running game, I mean, I think you could trust all of them, to be honest, just because when you got a running quarterback like Fields, it opens up more holes for your RBs. Um, you know, they do the run play option, uh, run pass option, sorry, um, the RPOs, and uh, it opens up holes. I just think this is a tough matchup. But, um, you know, Herbert, uh, I think he, I think he can get you, I think he can get you in the goal, get you a touchdown Herbert, this week. Herbert can quickly get to the second level. He's the same reason you like Foreman. I like that. You know, and if Ditka was still coaching this team, the, the line would block the right gaps for both these backs. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's true. That is absolutely true. No question. Um, one other email here uh, for you, Chris, before Farrell has his final question. This comes from George in Bedminster, New Jersey. What's up, Chris? Is there a good backup running back to have on my roster in Seattle behind Kenneth Walker. Thank you for the email, George, uh, New Jersey. Farrell, I'm going to bring this up right now. Uh, I have a local fantasy football show I host in Northeast Wisconsin, and we get texts, we get tweets, we get Facebook messages, we get emails, and my co-host uh, is – is he he doesn't have the fastball he used to. He's getting up there in, in, in years, and he said, uh, oh, here, here you go, Bulky. Uh, do you like KY3 this week? And I said, who the hell is KY3? And he's like, I don't know. This is what the guy emailed in. It said KW3, which was Kenneth Walker the third, not KY3. So we have a situation <laughs> where either the alphabet changed or my co-host's eyes are not what they once were. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us, right? It can happen. It can, yes, it can. 
Um, but Chris, for you, Kenneth Walker is now the man in Seattle. Are you rostering any of the guys behind him as a potential one injury away guy? Uh, yeah, I'm taking. I have DJ Moore or DJ or uh, DJ, DJ Dallas. Dallas. Sorry, yeah, mm-hmm. DJ Dallas. Um, I like him. I think. Uh, I mean, one injury away, I believe that he's going to put up the same numbers as um, Kenneth Walker. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people don't don't see that, but uh, DJ Dallas is a, is a stud running back. Um, if he's healthy, uh, I, I see him making some noise. Uh, he could be a league winner, in my opinion, if something happens to Walker. Um, so I would jump on him. 100%. You're going to love playing down here in Kentucky because I can tell one thing: you've never met a running back you didn't like, and that's a good thing in fantasy football. But yeah, yeah, Dallas is, you know. Balky knows how much I love Walker. Yeah, I think I I think uh, Walker has done things in the last three games similar to Jacobs that no running back has done all year long and and in a lot of years. Uh, Balky, can I? You we've exhausted a lot of players and Chris has been forthcoming with a lot of guys. Can I? Can I ask my uh, question? Fire away. Absolutely. Well, okay, Chris. Um, and and <laughs> and the um. My question is this. There are some previously uh, top performers in, in fantasy football, and you impress me as a guy that knows when to play them and knows when to bench them. Is there a top draft pick or a consistent performer that you've had through the season that has a matchup this week that gives you pause that you will leave on the bench? And then is there a sleeper? Uh, we, we, we've already spent a few. Uh, good one. That would be an excellent one. You've already shown this. <clears throat> but is there a sleeper that you can turn to as well? These are the two questions. that I'm going to write down these answers because, unlike you, I don't have a team at the top of these uh, leaderboards. Um, yeah, actually, Montgomery. I'm benching him this week. Mm. I just don't like him. So I think, I think he's the bust of the week for me. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, Yeah, and it's it's nothing wrong with him. It's that Dallas defense that you don't want him to play against. I understand. Yeah, he's just not putting up the yards. He's not hitting that hole like I I like to see him do. Uh, I mean, he's getting the volume, but I think this week, um, like I said, I think it's going to be a little closer to Herbert getting a little bit more uh, playing time. So you take in both those accounts, if I'm correct, it's going to drop him down. And what about um, a sleeper, buddy? Uh, I love Ellinger. I grab them everywhere. Wow, I like it too. Okay, cool. So I think uh, I think you can you grab him. I, I think he's got he's got do some special things. I think he's got a, he's got a lot of receivers. He got the phenomenal running back, um, and he likes to run. So you're gonna get some you're gonna get some rushing yards from him, and you're gonna get. Uh, He's going to be somebody you want to have on your team if you need he's a quarterback. A tw- he's a twenty-point guy. When when the the two quarterbacks on by this week, as now you you think about it, Mahomes either the one or two off the board, and Herbert either the three or four off the board. With those guys being on by, you might be pushed to have a twenty-point quarterback. And you know, I've I've made some mistakes with with uh, we have bye week fill-ins this. Uh, this year, uh, uh, Wentz and uh, uh, Matt Ryan, and, and I, 
I like where you're going with that. Yeah, with Ellinger, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I would play him over Dalton. I know a lot of people are throwing Dalton in their lineup, and I would 100% play Ellinger over Dalton this week. I would as well, uh, I, I, for uh, sure. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. No, I'm just you know he, he's my sleeper pick, so we'll see where he, where he lands on the on the scoreboard. But I, uh, I think one of the things that's important to remember, as Chris is pointing out here um, in his Ellinger analysis. If you have a quarterback that has legs that can use those legs proficiently and get yardage in, in fantasy football, it's why we're still talking about Justin Fields here in week eight, because he is able to rush the football. Like if he was not rushing, the ball, he'd be an afterthought. And, and Fields is now not only a guy we're talking about um, starting in Superflex, but a guy that could be a starter in certain leagues, obviously with no Justin Herbert, no Patrick Mahomes this week, he could be a starter for you this week. Um, so I, I like that aspect as well. But Ellinger, for sure, in Superflex, you should be considering him. And maybe just a sleeper in your Football Guys Players Championship, your main event. Obviously, the FPC is what Chris Lajawa is after as he chases a $500,000 grand prize. We certainly appreciate not only putting up with me blabbering so you come on late, <laughs> but with me blabbering even more and you stay on late, which we certainly appreciate, Chris. Uh, we'll let you get back to work. Listen. Good luck in all your leagues, not just the one that you're in eighth place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship, but all your leagues going forward. We certainly appreciate you coming on on short notice, which I also appreciate tonight. We learned a lot tonight. Uh, we had some fun. I hope you did too. Be good, and we'll talk with you again soon, Chris. Hey, I just want to do a quick shout-out to my kids. Um, I know they're watching right now. So, Caleb, Gianna, Christopher, I'll see you at home shortly. I'm leaving work, so um, I'm out of here. Hi to my wife, Michelle, you know, th thank, thankful to her uh, that she lets me play, you know? Yes. Who's the kid's favorite team? Is it the Bears? Uh, uh, no, Chiefs fan. Oh, uh, we shouldn't have said that. No, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. waiting for a Dub Bears. My homie. So I just started playing with the boys this year. So, uh, well, last year, sorry. So I'm trying to get my boys into it. All right. You know. Well, well to, to Caleb. And, and Christopher, and what does Gianna, right? G Gianna. Gianna, and then your wife, your, your lovely wife, your understanding Michelle. wife, Michelle, obviously. <laughs> and we, we shout out to them as well. Chris, thank you so much, man. This was fun. It was an absolute pleasure. You be good, man. All right. Hope to see you guys at the end of the year. You got it. Yeah. We'll plan on it. Thank you so much. Chris Lajawa, a former Lejawa. national tournament winner, $50,000. He's chasing $500,000. Out of 15,000 teams, he's only got seven teams ahead of him heading into week eight. All right. Now, we have to go rapid fire on this okay. last portion here, Farrell. We'll do our best. Now, I want to kick things off, and this is going to be a bit of a curveball. We're looking for sleeper, running backs, receivers, and tight ends. This is from Hudson Curve Reeve. He wants to know, after we get done with Chris, which we're now done with Chris, do we have any sleeper running backs? Do we have any sleeper receivers? Do we have any sleeper tight ends this week? I will kick things off. I'll look at the tight end position as far as sleepers go. Kind of like Dawson Knox, which I, you know, you say, oh, Balky, is that a sleeper? And yeah, but, but he hasn't, it's not like he's been crushing it all. See, he was drafted as a starter. Now I yeah. think he's become a sleeper. I think Greg Dulcich, you obviously have to look at. He's not Gisicki, a sleeper. I like. Gesicki, wait, wait, hold on. Dulcich is not a sleeper anymore? We've been talking about Dulcich since March. We told okay. people to draft him in front of Albert O. No one listened to us. All right. Well, we've been to, you know. His... All right. I get it. You're right. What about Harrison Bryant? 
This There's a sleeper. sleeper. Halloween night. Yeah. Black and orange versus black and orange. The battle for Ohio on Halloween Did Njoku get hit by a truck or something? What happened? High ankle sprain, but allegedly he he is still trying to play Monday night. That's what I see. He's still, you know, a lot of of discord going around. I saw a lot of money on Bryant for might not play on Njoku. Yeah. Yeah. The position's okay. good because Njoku is a supreme athlete. Right. Bryant, yeah. Okay. Um, hear me out on this. Wide right. receiver sleeper, Romeo Dobbs. And you say, Balky, the Packers offense sucks. And I say, sure. yes, I agree. The Packers offense does suck. But if the Bills somehow get out to a 17-0, a 20-0, a 21-0, a 24-0 lead, Aaron Rodgers will be forced to throw the ball. We know that Christian Watson is probably going to play. We know that that Randall Cobb and Al Nazard will for sure not play in this game. Romeo Dobbs could be a sleeper this week because of necessity, Farrell. Yes, yes, I agree. So you like Dobbs? I love it. I think okay. that is one of the best sleeper picks I've seen in a long, long time. You know, it's a shame that we didn't do the show Wednesday night. You could have given one. You could have given everyone uh, Demarcus Robinson, who didn't make the Raiders this year and got waived. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Now, here's a popular one. Donovan Peoples-Jones on Monday night against the Bengals. Are you – are because he's more of a polarizing guy because everybody's like, oh, Amari Cooper and Harrison Bryant's going to get the underneath stuff and Kareem Hunt and everything. But DPJ, you look at this guy, what he's done this year. He's had some under-the-waiver or under-the-radar sneaky um, plays. And I think if you're looking for a sleeper as a flex, you could do worse than DPJ. He should be on your roster because he won't be a sleeper much longer, especially when they have some uh, some. They have a very good quarterback now, and they have a superior quarterback coming back to the team. And if you've held on to him this long, that this is your chance to play him. I'm I'm playing him, uh, and and uh, Trevor Holt and I are playing him in a FFPC team that uh, we are doing well in in the league. So yes, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, and and that would be considered a sleeper but it, as we talk about targets on the show you know you know i don't love the, the don't love of, yeah. of targets but in the case of this player the targets and the catches are damn near even and that's what you want in a play let me throw this because running back sleepers are always difficult right especially in the high stakes uh space what about mm-hmm. sunday morning 9 30 eastern time in london taking on the jaguars what about melvin gordon because Latavius mm-hmm. Murray has been getting a lot of touches there. But what about Melvin Gordon as a potential sleeper this week since Nathaniel Hackett, as he is coaching for his job, has already said Melvin Gordon is the starting running back there. Yeah, why not? If you drafted Melvin Gordon, you got him in the ninth and 10th round. He's probably your RB3 or 4. If you've got waiver wire issues, you're going to need to play him. If you like to play three running backs, probably one of them should be uh, Melvin Gordon. Last sleeper I'm going to throw at you. He's in Indianapolis this week. The Commanders came off a, a pretty significant win over the Green Bay Packers last week, and they utilized not only Brian Robinson, but Antonio Gibson, who caught several passes, also caught a touchdown. And I had conversations with high-stakes players this week yeah, saying like that, 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 hey, Brian Robinson maybe doesn't have a stranglehold on this job that, that a lot of people thought he did. And Antonio Gibson is showing that, hey, I'm still viable in this backfield. Antonio Gibson this week at Indianapolis as a sleeper. Sure. I don't think that's much of a sleeper, but why wouldn't you start him? Uh, he's, he's, and I think the running back position is actually two positions. It's what they're um, with the commander's team. They're looking for answers and they're trying to give their young quarterback help. And, and this is the kind of uh, 
and he, he is supplanted in that role who we talked about earlier. And perhaps I didn't ask, answer or ask that question as well as I should have, but he's supplanted McKissick in this offense with that type of role. And he has more upside and more explosion than McKissick. Probably not the same kind of hands, but nevertheless, yeah. Good point. It, the, the rest of them covers up for the hands, man. That, yeah. That, that happens, you know. It's just – you you spray a little um uh, of the uh, the non-stick stuff on the hands to to try to you know to try to get you know the frying pan hands you spray the non-stick stuff on stuff happens right but it's still but it, worth it because it's a better quality performance right when we were at Planet Hollywood did, did Gibson at times drop all the way into double digits absolutely he did yeah absolutely a, now there's a steal that yeah. is a steal for sure all right so we're gonna fly through these emails here. Farrell, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. They're mostly about the Giants and Seattle game. This oh, week. why not? Yeah, so we'll concentrate on that. Cal in Apopka, Florida. Are you trusting Wandale Robinson in Seattle? My other option is Robert Woods in Houston. I can't figure out which is the better matchup. Thanks, guys. Cal in Apopka, Florida. Yeah, I like both these matchups. Mm-hmm. Wandale Robinson against a not-so-good uh, Seattle defense. Robert Woods against a not-so-good Texans defense. I'm going to bet football. I've always said it's a young man's game. I'm going to go with Wandale Robinson over Robert Woods here. Wonderful Wandale with the exit of Tony is is look the Giants are is it six and one bulky but they're six and one and they befuddle even their entire organization that's looking around going how are we six and one if we're going to yeah. stay here we're going to have to use guys that are getting healthy like Wandale Robinson Wandale Robinson is a, is a threat all over the field playing for a team that needs guys to step up um, uh, Robert Woods is is a player that the offense is comfortable uh, targeting. There we are again, six times a, a game. He'll catch four or five of them. He might even do something around the end zone, but this is a run-first team. And I believe Tannehill's health is somewhat in question this week. Is it it is. He's, he's so, questioning you know, there's, there's no There's no way that you put Woods uh, over Burks. Uh, oh, Woods Woods over Wondell Burks because I wanted to report that, you know, our bet with Dave Turp, is is you know, but we've got to be fair about that, Valky, because Burks is injured and Woods is up. But we're going to win that bet. So how do we make it fair? I've been thinking of ways to do it, but what we're going to do then is 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 we're going to let uh, Dave Turp buy me dinner, and I'm going to buy you dinner. And we're just going to be uh, a three-headed. It's going to be a three-headed monster at dinner. But I did call the restaurant that I've chosen, and they got a bottle of uh, Pappy there, and I asked them to tape the name Turp to it and the, the the guy asked me how to spell terp and i told him and so there's he sent me a picture and i'll send it to you he sent me a uh, a picture of the bottle of the pappy van winkle with the name terp taste uh it says september 2023 and it's taped to the bottle so i'll share that <laughs> that's fantastic with as much money as Turp is winning in, in the FFPC oh, yeah. Weekly Challenge and the FFPC yeah. this year, he can absolutely afford. Is this the He's original? Is this the original recipe, Pappy Van Winkle, or is this the new Pappy Van Winkle? Do we? Well, know? it's all the same recipe. It's all the okay. same as, the, as they right. call it in their business juice, but it is one of the later vintages. But it is all special. Perfect. I'm in. I'm in. Sign me up. Uh, all right, Blake in Fort Worth wants us to sign him up for what re- uh, tight end he's playing this week. He wants to know, uh, who do I flex in football guys this weekend? Noah Fan at home against the Giants mm-hmm. or Mike Gesicki in Detroit. Farrell, the Detroit Lions cannot mm-hmm. stop anybody. 
I am playing Mike Kosicki uh, over Noah Fant against a surprisingly stout Giants defense. That's an easy one because Kosicki can take you to the roof. Noah Fant is in the twilight zone of tight ends. There's multiple tight ends out there in Seattle, and and yeah, it's it's highly uh, it, it's highly questionable of what kind of career Fant is going to have uh, as a Seahawk. Uh, Mike, Middlebury, Connecticut, Dear Balky and Farrell. Geno Smith has been carrying my team the last few weeks, but I, I sit him in favor of Daniel Jones. I appreciate it. Mike in Middlebury, Connecticut, we appreciate you. I love Daniel Jones, Farrell. If you look at my Kentucky lineups, I have Daniel Jones probably going in three or four of them this week. I like him, uh, and I definitely like him over Geno Smith. I'm a big fan of Daniel Jones in week eight. Well, you, Balky, guys from Connecticut, the other rest of the 49 states were going to play Geno Smith. You're not going to you're not going to shoot the horses winning the race. And Geno, this is all coming from the fact that DK Metcalf is unavailable to Geno. Geno is an equal opportunity quarterback. He's going to make Metcalf out of whoever he can see on the field. He's having the most marvelous year. Daniel Jones is a fine player, but um, we have a running back uh, in the backfield at Seattle that is similar in production now to the running back with the Giants. So you've got a, a situation now that evens the playing field. I'm going to go with Geno. The game is in Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it gets a little loud out there. I'm a Geno guy. Okay. You you say, you say Geno, I say Daniel Jones. But by the way, I like both of them this week. So okay. you can't go wrong for sure. Final email, Tom in Hominy, Oklahoma. Hey, guys, it's come to this. Is Raheem Mostert at home? Against the Lions, the correct play over mm-hmm. Najee Harris in mm. Philly. Thank you, Tom, in Hominy, Oklahoma. Najee Harris, Farrell, it's really difficult to make an argument against him being the uh, first-round bust uh, this oh, year man. for anybody who took him in the first round. I waited till the second round and took him in several leagues. <laughs> kind of regretting that. He's the, he's the bulky second-round bust. Hasn't been, been good. I know you're a big Mostert fan. Um, and I am on board. I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm always like a ride or die based on draft capital. Cannot do it anymore. Mm. Play Raheem Mostert over Najee Harris this week. Yes. Now, you can make an argument for Harris based on the fact that uh, Pittsburgh's moving up the road to play the New York Jets. Is that correct? I, I thought they were against the Eagles this week. Is it? Is it the Jets? Oh, yeah. no, it is the Eagles. What's wrong with me? Okay. All right. All okay. Right. I stand corrected. Oh, okay. The, the, yeah, very. Okay. The Eagles have the secondary, uh, the two corners that are just shutting everyone down. A big mm-hmm. part of why they're 6 and 0. A stat was the other day that when quarterbacks target uh, receivers playing against the Eagles' corners, that they would have the same quarterback rating as if they just threw the ball into the ground. Which I found that to be so. Uh, you have to assume that the middle of the field and underneath could mean something. So Najee Harris, I don't want people to listen to this and say, "Oh, they said Harris is not going to have a good game." I think Harris could have the opportunity to catch balls like he did somewhat last year. Not ridiculous numbers, but that's where he's going to get his fantasy play against the Eagles. And if they are able to move the ball in the middle of the field to get some goal line play. He could win there. But, yes, Mostert in this situation is is one of the better starts, uh, probably one of the top five starts of running backs uh, in the league. And the, the two of those five we just talked about is Seattle and for the New York Giants. I I uh, I, I totally understand it. I, I, I think this is a difficult thing. 
Um, for a lot of people, they're like, you know, I cannot do it. I cannot sit Harris over mm-hmm. Raheem Mostert, yeah. a guy. I maybe gotten a double-digit round of the KFFSC or of the Football Guys Players Championship or the FFPC main event. Well, I get it. But. Well, we'll look at then go to your flex receiver and see if it's a guy like Robert Woods and say, you know, Harris, middle of the field, corners challenge. Uh, maybe Harris gets six, eight, uh, six, eight targets, and that makes him a better play uh, than my flex receiver. Um, Mo, uh, Hudson Kern Reeve, by the way, in the chat room right now, agreeing with us. Mostert is the pick between him and Harris. This is the world we live in, people. It's the world. I we never live had in. a professor agree with me the entire time I was in my 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 eight years of college. I never had a professor agree with me. Was this Western Kentucky? Is that where you were at? Oh, Balky, cut Murray, out your tongue. Murray, was it Murray, Murray State? State. And you know, when, State. Okay. when we were in school, that was a real rivalry. I mean, some of those some of those basketball and to a lesser degree the football games were some real great rivalries. And that was my undergrad school was Murray State, and I. Uh, I, I enjoyed every minute of it and uh, relive it often with, with people that were there enjoying it with me as well as uh, in my own mind. Well, uh, anybody who is living this moment with me and Farrell, we are all trying to race towards a uh, grand prize. Whether well, it be in hey, Bucky, since we're over time anyway, can I keep yeah. talking? Please go ahead. Fascinating go ahead. Things that I'm enjoying and one of my favorite teams that entered into the top 10 in the KFFSC this week is team wank coin. One of the greatest names, wank coin. Wank coin was drafted by our beloved Leroy Corson and uh, sits, I think at uh, six, eight, six, seven, eight plays, something like yep. that. Yep. Congratulations to Leroy bringing team Appleton, returning them to the glory uh, that they have uh, experienced in previous years. It, it's listen, you know, we, we had we had Kurt win it all a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. We had Dave on the cusp of it uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years before that. I I ended up taking down the uh, Run to Daylight Championship a couple it's of years. Not a fine trophy. Is it right there anywhere? Is it, the it's back. It's it's here. Let, hold on. I'm gonna, you, you're going to have to stand for a minute. I'm going to bring the trophy up. Yeah, you know, gonna, people gonna, need to gonna, see that trophy because right, you, you had to beat a lot of fine players to, to do that. And, you know, perhaps this year in that type of tournament, you'll return to our uh, Super Bowl party and draft, Super Bowl weekend, 11th and 12th. The Dizzle is rumored to be there right. in attendance. And, and take, hopefully, I, there you are, Ben. I take it back. It was the checkered flag. Yeah, the checkered, checkered flag, flag mm-hmm. not the run to daylight. Jimmy Johnson run the day. Jimmy Johnson run yeah. the daylight. Yeah. Very good, very good. That's a beautiful trophy. Still great, still great. Mm-hmm. Still love it. Uh, I cherish it, and and I hope to win another one soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Leroy takes down Kentucky this year, which would be mm-hmm. great. Wouldn't and it be maybe Farrell, you take down the Football Guys Players Championship or the main event. Well, let's not going crazy now. Let's just <laughs> I, I have a team that's worked its way up to three hundredth place, and I'm. Uh, <laughs> I feel really good about that. Hey, hey, um, listen, I, I really appreciate um, all, you know, people that say like, oh, this is why you should not be doxing yourself on where you're at in the main event in the Football Guys Players Championship because you are a super talented high stakes player. Mm-hmm. And the advice that you give out on this show, I follow, a lot of smart people follow mm-hmm. as well. And we hope to continue that uh, each and every week. Uh, we will do this again next Friday where you will dispense some expert advice. We'll bring on another guest, which will be great. Farrell, you be good. Happy Halloween, my friend. And we'll do this again in November. 
You got it. See you then, brother. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football and the guy who gave me this trophy for winning the 2020 checkered flag championship, the Sweet 16. Uh, very thankful for it and uh, can't wait to win another one um, when that uh, opportunity presents itself. Hey, listen, uh, we have gone way over time. I certainly appreciate you hanging out with us uh, as far as you have tonight. I want to thank Chris Lajawa. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you for streaming this, downloading it, watching live, watching later, listening live, listening later. We really appreciate it. We'll, we will be back uh, to kick off November next Friday at 10, 9 central. Going to be fun. In case you missed the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, remember, rotoviz.com slash podcast or this FFPC YouTube channel, you can watch my interview with Jared Hines, who is in the top um, 30 in the Football Guys Players Championship, was in the top 10 the previous week, and he's got a lot of teams in contention, a lot of great advice from him this past week on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, so check that out as well. Now, um, in case you missed it, um, I hosted the road of, uh, beg your pardon, the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, which I do every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on the Better Sports Network app, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We had Adam Krautwurst from the Draft Sharks Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast. We will do that show again this coming Wednesday from 10 to midnight. Uh, extra special co-host for that as well, so make sure you're tuning in for that as well. Uh, play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 players if you want to play the slim. Just choose 12 players if you want to play with the kickers and defenses. We encourage both. And uh, as long as you're picking one player for team, you'll not only be in attention for as much as $2,500, but a free 2023 FFPC main event entry as well. You can play for a million bucks this year. And all you got to do is enter $200 into a 10-team format. You beat those other nine owners, boom. You're in the FFPC main event for next year. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this YouTube channel. We really appreciate it. And remember, the more you do that, the better the content gets, the less you see of me. And the more you see of great fantasy football players, championship high-stakes players that are offering their advice each and every week year-round here on this FFPC YouTube channel. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Certainly appreciate it. Your weekend officially, your Halloween weekend. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Hey, one other thing, ladies and gentlemen, before I let you go, as I cradle my trophy, which I haven't done in like two years. <laughs> That's should have won it uh, last year, but I didn't because my team wasn't as good. Um, we have a 9.30 a.m. kickoff on Sunday. I know I'm going to catch hell for this because I didn't include it in the FFPC email that went out today. But 9.30 a.m. kickoff from London, Broncos and Jaguars. So make sure if you want your Broncos and Jaguars, they're in on Saturday night or super early Sunday morning. Otherwise, if you want them out, take them out on Saturday night or take them out again super early Sunday morning. This is your final warning on that uh, as well. I don't know how much Broncos and Jaguars are figuring in to your championship plans, but sometimes if you don't want them playing, uh, you got to get them out. So make sure you're doing that, ladies and gentlemen. Final warning. Thanks so much. Your Halloween weekend uh, is underway.
Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.